Welcome to The Truth CSGO Podcast, episode 66. This is an interview with DAPS, the IGL of NRG at IEM Sydney 2019. It's conducted by Max Mellet, reporter at large. Hey guys, this is Lefty. Hey guys, I'm Guardian. This is DAPS. This is Nico. This is Nifty. This is Chris J. This is Ferry. Code Zero. Flusher. This is Kerrigan. Are you listening to The Truth? The Truth. The Truth. The Truth. The Truth. The Truth CSGO Podcast. The Truth CSGO Podcast. The Truth CSGO Podcast. Are we rushing in? Now, as I mentioned, I cannot be at IEM Sydney this year, so Max Mellet is on the ground, pounding the pavement, getting some juicy content for us. This one is with uh, Daps from NRG. Now, NRG have smashed their way through to the semifinals here at IEM Sydney, or there at IEM Sydney, I should say. They uh, destroyed Vici in a best of one, then Phase 2-0, then MIBR 2-0, and are about to play tomorrow the winner of NIP and Fnatic, the match uh, of which is currently going on. So without further ado, here's Max Mellet interviewing Daps of NRG. So the thing I'm sort of most interested about with NRG is how Tarek has come into the team and he's a very different player to what Fugly was at least in like his style and the way he approaches the game and so from your perspective as an IGL how has Tarek sort of moved things around especially on T side because he's obviously a way more aggressive player than what Fugly was more confident sort of pushing forward and taking those early duels I think he's the has the highest like opening kill attempt percentage or something for you at this event for your team yeah yeah so um yeah talk a little bit about that about that um so yeah, obviously Tarek is Tarek's more of an all-around player than I say Fugly is. Fugly's good in specific areas, I'd say, um, but Tarek definitely is able to. You can plug and play him a lot easier than Fugly. Um, so I'd say it sort of made calling a lot easier because I'd say every player on our team is pretty versatile. Everyone on this team can lurk. Everyone on this team can entry and be aggressive when they want to. So that helps a lot of mid-rounding situations. You don't have to sort of like piece people in the specific spot or the right yeah. spot it also makes it so you're not necessarily as predictable right. it's like it's not like with our team now it's not like oh fugly's on this side of the map so you know he's lurking yeah, yeah, yeah. and you know the hit's not going to be there for all you know Tarek's lurking yeah. and then he's being aggressive lurk and then we're hitting the other site so i'd say to generalize it it's it just it makes us less predictable yeah and it sort of gives us more options i'd say so are there, are there like sort of no real set roles in that sense in the team? Is it more just like playing to the opponent and what is going on in, term, in the middle of the game? I'd say outside of like Cirque obviously is the opera. Yeah, yeah. I'd say the four riflers, including myself, were all pretty interchangeable. I usually try and entry frag as much as I can. So I'll usually like dump my nades early yeah. so I can at least like, because obviously I'm the least skilled on the team in terms of mechanics. So I try to make it so I can take the hit for someone else to trade and then it gives them more room to sort of work the map and have more time alive Um, that's usually how we play but obviously it doesn't always work like that sometimes I'll be supporting and I'll be third guy and and sometimes Breezy's going first so um, yeah there's not really set roles I'd say it it sort of varies on the map and um that's interesting because, like, as a team, it feels like NRG sort of plays to the level of their opponents, and it's like this cliche that's thrown around a lot, but for you guys, definitely it's something that is pre- is prevalent. You know, you look at, like, all these games, they're pretty close generally. Like, if you lose, you don't really get blown out a lot of the time. They're always, like, 16-13 type matches, thinking about, like, those Fnatic uh, best of threes at Star Ladder. And so um, is that 
like playing to level of your opponent sort of because of this looseness or is it because of something else? Um, I wouldn't really say... That's a tough question. I'd say... I feel like on a good day we can beat anybody. Yeah. But it's like you could use like the... Like whenever we play a team like Complexity or Ghost, yeah. it's usually like kind of close. Even though on paper we should own them. Yeah. But it's sort of... I feel like Counter-Strike's in a place obviously outside of like Astralis, Liquid, the top like three. And like Navi, I guess you could say. Everyone's like pretty close. I'd say most teams have players these days who can frag out yeah. and like compete with like Nico and yeah. all these other players. The yeah, really yeah. The, the gap's really small, so it's like, yeah. I guess you could say we play to the level of our opponent, but I'd say it's more so we have yet to find a way where we're able to play at our peak form consistently. Because yeah. it's like I feel like if we're playing at our peak form, I feel like we can beat Liquid fairly yeah. easily. Yeah. And I'm not saying, I'm not, like, trying to shit-talk them, but, like, I feel like we play better than they do on some maps, and it's it's just sort of like a, it's a how-you-play-that-Sunday type scenario, yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel. Obviously outside of Astralis. Because even Na'Vi has their events. Like oh, yeah, they, for sure. Starladder, yeah. they lost to Vici 2-1. Yeah. Yeah, like That's ridiculous. Team. Yeah, yeah, like in the first match. And, their team, really and their, Vici's, like, a dead team, yeah, or yeah, Freeman's exactly. leaving. So it's like... I feel like outside of Astralis, even Liquid, Liquid has those moments where they lose to a team where, like, Ents of the Major was surprising. Even though, even though Ents became a good team, it's yeah. still, that's not a match they should have lost with the form they were in, for example, so. So then, keeping that in mind, then you look at this tournament here now, it's like you're going to play other Fnatic when you and both these teams are sort of, like, not um, hyper-structured and they can sort of be a wild card, you know, in the, like, in a big stage like yeah. this. So how you prepare for a team like this, especially given that you've lost those two series to Fnatic if they've beaten it when you played uh, How do we yet. prepare for Fnatic, you said? Well, just like those sort of, uh, like those Nip and Fnatic style teams where it's like, you know, it's not like they're going to play a specific way. No, yeah, those, so yeah, like Nip and Fnatic, I find we always struggle versus Swedish teams yeah. regardless. Even Nip, historically, we always lose to them usually, so... I don't, I don't know what it is, just like I feel like their players play well versus us. Like we yeah. watch them play other teams and we're, and they don't play as well. And then they play versus us and Forrest is 35 yeah, and 8 or some shit. So <laughs> I don't I don't know, maybe it's a stylistic thing, like they feel more comfortable versus our, the way we play than versus other teams. Um, but then again, it's, it's, it's sort of that thing, it's like you look at Fnatic's roster, all their players are like really good. Oh yeah, that's sick, yeah. But then some days one of them plays really bad and yeah. then... One day, one day it could be Crims is the only one playing well, and the next day, like four of them, Twist is playing insane, Broland's playing insane, um, and same with NIP. It's like one day Forrest is dropping 40 kills each map, and then Dennis is going off, and Get Right's been playing really well recently as well. So it's like, I feel like most teams are in this sort of region of like their top 10 teams, but we're all kind of just floating around, and whoever plays well that day is going to make it to the final type situation. And it's a tough place to be. Yeah. And Astralis, I feel like, is truly the only team, and I mean results speak, yeah. that's like figured it out. Because being that consistent is ridiculously hard. Yeah. With especially with all the teams being so competitive these days, it's right. it's pretty hard. And last question, just because I find this sort of like strain of conversation super interesting, is um is that because you think 
like there's just more players playing full time now and there's just way more resources behind people to play CS at a professional level so just like across the board there's just like uh, like there's more competition so players are going to rise to that competition and that means like like I, I, what I'm trying to get at is like how do you like rise in that pack of sharks you know like if everyone's like playing full time there's nothing really that separates them and unless you have like nico on your team or just some absolutely insane fragger there's nothing that really separates it except for like uh styles and teamwork and stuff so how do you rise in this pack of really closely contested teams yeah so i think obviously one way you can rise is just having insane players yeah so liquid's a good example yeah. they, it's like when you look at liquid they literally have five star players on the team. It's yeah. like people can make the argument Nitro is not a star player, but that's bullshit in my yeah. opinion if you say that. He was always a person who was a star player initially and then eventually went into more supportive roles. Yeah. But at the heart of it, he's a star player yeah. or could have been if he was sort of more focused on that over his career. Mm -hmm. And Twist, Naf, Stewie, Elige, all of them are star players. Um, you have FaZe, who's Nico. I think if you have a player like Nico or Simple, you're guaranteed to be top 10 yeah, yeah, instantly, yeah. even if you have a team that the rest of the team's weaker. Yeah. Um, I think our strength, and I've said it a million times, is that we all get along really well. Yeah. I think I think our teamwork's gotten a lot better, especially with Tarek on the team. Our communication's a lot better, yeah. which has helped us a lot. Um, but I wouldn't say, I mean, obviously players on our team are playing a lot better recently. Yeah. Um, but I wouldn't say we have sort of that simple on the team who's always every game getting like plus 40. Our team's more team-oriented, pretty all-around. Yeah. Um, outside of myself, obviously, everyone like steps up and like yeah. contributes in that department of fragging. So I'd say like our team's more all-around. Other teams are more top-heavy. Yeah. Um, and it's hard for teams sort of, I guess if I keep ranting, like for teams that are in the bottom like 30 like outside of the top 30 outside yeah. of the top 20 it's harder for them because like yeah, that's uh, players, right? well yeah it's like if you look at i was even doing i was in like a team speak with a bunch of na players and i was trying to create like the next best na team yeah. out of like the people who are left over yeah um what would be like the names you throw out yeah well i think wardell is really good oh for sure but yeah. then it's like i wouldn't even consider him left over yeah it's like I was trying to like make it out of players who are like not on teams, yeah, yeah, yeah. which is hard because I don't know a lot of them. But I'd say like Wardell is 100% yeah. like really good. Kusta even like Ghost, Ghost, Ghost and Complexity have like a lot of the good pieces, but they're not together, you know. Yeah. So that's why I think it's tough for like some of the lower, not even lower teams like Complexity and Ghost have been like close to us for a long time. So it's. It's tough for them though, because I feel like Complexity's wanted other players but haven't been able to get them. Yeah. So then they have to get other players, and same with Ghost. Probably I don't know their situation, but I'm sure they wanted other players but they couldn't get them. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's kind of a it's a tough thing. There's not yeah. only only so many teams can have the star players. Yeah. And it's uh, like of the not, world. not everyone can be like sick teamwork yeah. astralis. You know, like. Exactly. So that's why you have to you have to. A lot of the teams that are looking to like break through, I think, need to look at the up-and-comers, right? Because yeah. like when I was making energy, I wanted I teamed up with Breezy instantly. Yeah, yeah. It's like when I was cut from Optic, I instantly looked at like who I could sort of package deal myself with yeah. to like increase the value of myself yeah. and that person because yeah. they didn't have as much experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like if someone, even like FNS, you could take FNS as an example, someone who could do that. It's yeah. like. 
you have oboe who you should 100% package deal with if you could because yeah. that's like person who could become like that Nico level you don't know if he exactly he could be breezy yeah, so it's like for teams like Complexity and Ghost the guys who are I don't want to say recycling because that's disrespectful, but the people like most pros, you know the level they're at. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very unlikely they're gonna. Yeah, it's more. It's less likely they're gonna sort of ascend to this next level. Under it doesn't matter what leadership, you know what you're gonna get for most of the time. You know their peaks, so it's like if you're gonna take a risk on like Ten Zara, he's like Canadian guy, and then there's Oboe and. Psalm, like, and that was a good yeah, pickup yeah, for yeah, Envious yeah, yeah. to get Psalm because I think Psalm's pretty talented, and you you don't know like that. That's the good thing about players like that is, you know they're already good, yeah. and then they could be even more insane because they're not proven yet. And as long as they have like the right structure around them, that's the risk you have to take to sort of break through. If you just keep picking up players who are, you know, you you know their peaks, yeah, yeah, then it's it's tough to sort of break through. I think unless everyone on the Unless you play like super team oriented and everyone's calming well, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's there's no, it's it's tough. Yeah, yeah. It's tough to search. I've I've been at the bottom a lot of times yeah, and yeah. tried to like work back up. And yeah. You have to get because like even if like so let's say you even you take the risk on these players, you still have to make sure the attitudes are correct. Yeah. You could have a player who's insane but have a horrible attitude. Yeah. So then that's not gonna work. Because then their horrible attitude is going to make everyone else play worse. Yeah. So then you have to get rid of that guy. Yeah. But then when you get rid of that guy, you have to sort of compensate for the skill you lose. Yeah. Yeah. And there's um, there's been teams in the past. I'm sure there's teams right now where like they want to cut someone who's super toxic, or but they're too skilled to cut. You know. Yeah. 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 And that happens. And then teams get stuck in this limbo where they have to cut this guy, but they can't. And then. Yeah. yeah. So it's got the eyes. Um, yeah. Th th thank you for the chat. I appreciate that a lot. No I did mention I've done this interview with Schneider. It's uh, it's over an hour long, so it's going to take a little bit more work and a little bit more time, but that's definitely coming after these IM interviews. I plan to get it out beforehand, ran out of time, and obviously the content started streaming in from Mr. Mellet. If you enjoyed this interview with him, uh, you can follow him on Twitter at Max underscore Mellet, M-E-L-I-T, or follow us on Twitter at The Truth CSGO. And the music was by Beaufort, Beaufort at, at Beaufort.Asia. That's the one. And CSGO to Asia, our, our Asian affiliates. So until the next uh, episode, please enjoy the game and enjoy I Am Sydney.